Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I want to read from Romans chapter 7, and I'm going to, the theme is living in the spirit. And Romans chapter 7 and chapter 8 both talk a lot about this. And so I may jump a little bit, but let's start in Romans chapter 7, verse 4. And it says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we, were, when we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds, resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law. For we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God. Not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. There's so much here and there's so much in the next couple of passages. I'm not going to be able to tackle it all in one day or one week or anything because this is kind of still a bit of a mystery to us. The difference between the law and the spirit and even the need for the law. Because if you read through the book of, in fact, if you read through the New Testament, read Ephesians, read Romans, you'll, you'll see that Paul is kind of, speaking in a paradox. He talks about the law being dead, and then he talks about, but the law is still alive. And, and so he, he uh, brings about these both themes of the old ways and the new ways. And so what I want to explore today is living in the spirit and the difference between the law and the spirit to an extent. I don't think I'm going to be able to tackle this as well as a theologian might, but I'm going to tackle it in as simple, easy terms as I possibly can. How does that sound? So this passage, you had to say good, didn't you? <laughs> what else are you meant to say? <laughs> this passage really explores the two differences of living under the law, the old way, the, the old covenant, the Old Testament. And what we see here is when God gave Moses the law to be able to rule mankind because it was chaotic. It was all over the place. Sin was rife. And so he started with the Ten Commandments and then he gave many, many, many pieces of legislation to Moses to begin to rule God's people with because they were breaking laws. And so they had to make more laws and rules for the people to live by so they could remain holy. And then there was obviously many, many sacrifices they could go through to atone for their sin, to make things right, if you like, or to cover over their sin, as the word atone means. And so we see this old way. I mean, aren't you glad we don't live under that? It's a whole lot of killing of animals. Imagine the vegan protests. They'd be on our doorsteps, wouldn't they? But it's an interesting thing when you explore this, we can see the extent that mankind had to go to to atone for sin. Because our sin is pretty bad. And so 
to make ourselves right with God, there needed to be a sacrifice. There needed to be a making a tone, a covering over of all of our sin to draw us closer to God because he can't be close to sin. He can only be close to purity. And so in that, there was this distance. And so the law came about to bring about righteous living. And so we can see if you read through um, a lot of the legislation, you'll see that it's very, very hard to keep all of those rules and regulations. And there were quite strict guidelines and quite strict consequences for that sin. And this is the old way. That's what Paul's talking about here, the old way, all of those ways. And in one sense, the law was like being in bondage because the sinful nature always wanted to do the wrong things and the law brought about an awareness of sin. And so what Paul's talking about here is the contrast way of living. I don't know if we as human beings in our society with all the rules and regulations and the systems and the the routines that we go through, I don't know how much of spirit living we really tap into. I think there's so much more available to us that we don't tap into if we truly tap into living in the spirit. Because living in the spirit contrasts living under law. Under law is bondage. It's the old way. It's the mindset. It's legislation rules. It's a contract way of living. I don't know about you, but it's not very fun living by a contract. I want to put it another way. Imagine if you had a police officer assigned to you 24-7. And they drove behind you in your car. And when you got out of your car, they walked behind you with their notebook and they're checking on everything you're doing. When you go in the house, they're checking on everything. They're seeing if everything's legal. They're, oh, okay, they did a little bit of a home electrical job here. And they did this and they did, oh, okay, the, the garden's not looking so good. And all these little things. And then they're following you in the car. You're ticking up on the speed limit. They're checking you off here. This is what the law is like. The law is a constant reminder that we are sinful. The law is a constant reminder that we are not good enough to face the purity of God because of our sinful nature. And so we need to be released from that continual reminder, that continual bondage all the time. If you're a police officer, bless you. You do an amazing job. And um, it is. It really is an incredible, incredible work. But that's what it's like living under the law, always needing to please someone always needing to do something to make us feel like we are good enough. If you ever live like that, it's a very tiring way to live. If you have to please everyone else, stop it. It's, it's a fast way to burn out. There's only one person we have to please apart from my wife, for me. That's the Lord. That's Him. If I'm pleasing Him then I'm free of the obligation of man. And so to live in the Spirit is the opposite to obligation of the law. It's to live unbound. We've been loosed from the obligation of sin. We've been loosed from the obligation of mankind. It doesn't mean we can go about doing whatever we like, breaking the law, because we give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And we honour those in authority, even in the land. That's what the Bible says. And so there's still order and there's still righteous living. But in the spirit, you can be as free as you like. It says about the gifts of the spirit and the fruits of the spirit, there is no limitation. 
to the fruits of the Spirit. Have as much as you like. Have as much as you like. Bear as much fruit in the kingdom as you possibly can. There is no law. There is no bondage. There is no restriction. And so spirit living is living in an endless capacity in the kingdom. It's living with endless possibilities, endless thinking, endless creativity, endless vitality in the spirit, in the things that he shows us and that we're gifted with. It gives us an an abundance of enthusiasm and an abundance of spirit living that other people don't have. And so I believe to truly live in the Spirit means we are going to be excelling in areas that others won't because we will have an abundance from the Spirit. And if you don't feel like that, if you feel bound by all the different things, and um, of course in life we have a lot of obligations. We have maybe banks to satisfy. We have a boss to satisfy. We have study to accomplish. We have all of these things that we have to do. These things are obeying the authorities of the land. They're right to do. It's honorable to do that. Paying Caesar what is Caesar's and just doing that as a matter of course, even with a good heart, doing these things. But then that's where the spirit living begins. After that is where we really express how do we live in the spirit. And so I think there's three areas that that I want to just touch on today. And the first one is staying strong as a whole person. And what I mean by that is When we explore the gifts of the Spirit and living in the Spirit, it doesn't just mean doing those spiritual activities that we might think of when we think of living in the Spirit. If someone said to me five years ago, living in the Spirit, I would have just pictured someone levitating, humming, you know, angels, some glory dust falling down on them from heaven. But this is a very, very rare thing. Bring it on if the Lord wants to do that. But living in the Spirit can be such a small, practical thing. It can be not giving an offensive word back to someone who gives an offensive word to us. It can be staying quiet when when someone else actually deserves a mouthful. It can be actually just knowing that we're in a place of the Spirit in complete peace and harmony with the Spirit when there's a storm raging around us. It can be very strong in the Word and in relationship with Jesus as much with the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit, we want to express them. I want to say one thing I think I've learned in a charismatic environment all of my life is that so many of us, when we first explore the presence of God and the gifts of the Spirit and the manifestations of His presence, it's a wonderful thing and it's incredible and we'll always celebrate in those things. But some people then make that the major of spiritual encounter, of of spiritual experience, when that's just meant to be part of it. Our relationship with Jesus is number one, not with an encounter. If it is Jesus, then we keep going for Jesus. And that will lead us into a deeper love for his word. Because his word teaches us many things about the nature of God that we'll never get in any other realm. And so we read his word and what we find is then we... we, we build ourselves into an environment of great holistic strength as believers. Not just people who are known as these radicals who just love the gifts of the Spirit, but forget about all the other stuff. But to build a strong whole person, then we have a strong spirit, 
a strong word and understanding of his word and a strong intimate relationship with Jesus and the Father. And when we couple those things together, we build such a resilience and a powerhouse of spiritual strength that we actually have an authority that we won't have if we're just strong in one area. And I think it's something that is is really becoming an awakening across the body of Christ because we've gone through seasons and even outpourings where God does amazing things and, and we love those seasons and I'm sure there's more of those seasons to come. But often what holds us from encounter to encounter is our intimate relationship with Jesus, our relationship with the Word. These things are strong and they're mighty and they're powerful and they will keep us strong in between seasons of outpouring and seasons of blessing. When we stretch forward in the spirit realm, we also want to stretch forward to the same degree in word and intimacy with Jesus. When we stretch forward, maybe we're going for, for deeper revelation and understanding of, of quite you know, extreme things in the spirit. Well, then we want to be equally as extreme in the word of God because then we know we're standing on a firm foundation. Then we know we're going to have a strength and an understanding, a holistic understanding of the kingdom, not just a radical understanding of one manifestation of God's outpouring. And I think this is where sometimes in the charismatic movement, you know, Pentecostal charismatics, we've got it wrong because sometimes there might be an outpouring or a revival movement. And so we just think, that's it, that's it, that's it when it's just a blip in history it's all it is it's it's incredible it's phenomenal we celebrate it but it's a blip and so we look at it and we revel in that and we thank the lord for that but then we build in resilience we build in the word we build in joy and all the fruits of the spirit as well the second thing is that the contrast between the law and the spirit it, it's, there's probably nothing that we can describe to contrast other than black and white because living in the Spirit is living in pure whiteness. It's living in contrast to obligation. When we're under law, we're obliged to fulfill all these requirements. When we're under law, we have a heaviness that we are not good enough. When we're in the Spirit, we have been made righteous. When we're in the Spirit, we have an understanding of the new nature that we've been given. When we live in the Spirit, we're looking ahead, not behind. When we live in the Spirit, we, we're looking to Jesus and we're thanking Him all the time for the grace of God poured out on the cross because we know in and of ourselves we're sinful and we should get the old covenant slapped upon us, but we haven't. We've been given life. We've been given abundance. We've been given eternity. We've been given healing. We've been given purpose and hope and a destiny all because of the grace of Jesus Christ poured out on the cross for you and for me. And so out of that, we have new life. We have new hope. If you ever find yourself complaining, it's the old way. If you ever find yourself just moaning and groaning about life, that's the old way. That's the old nature. That is not who you're called to be. That's not who you're created to be. That's not the Jesus inside of you. That's the old man, the old lady. And so in that sense, we want to step into the new nature, even if you do not feel like it today. I want to tell you there's something powerful about living in faith in this realm. Because sometimes it takes faith when we are totally not feeling like this to actually step into it by faith. I remember when our business was 
almost crumbling before our very eyes. And I had some scriptures up on the wall. And I remember looking at them thinking, oh, I don't even know if I believe them anymore. Have you ever got that low that you even question whether scripture is really apt for you, right for you, and accurate for your situation? Maybe it's for everyone else, but your situation's worse. It's different. Well, I remember when things were just crumbling before my very eyes. And I've had some... Um, re-encounters of this recently because I've written an e-book on our business journey and I've been going through some of this and my lawyer who's very gracious says to me you need to tone down a lot of your language <laughs> because I wrote it just after we sold the business and you know I was fired up I was shooting some cannons at various people that I felt had unjustly damaged us and so he has uh, nicely toned down the whole book um, and told me to rewrite the whole thing <laughs> no, I'm just kidding but anyway it's incredible some of the things we go through. And some of you have been through terrible, terrible things. And at those times, one of the hardest things is to step into faith. I want to tell you, this is something that God loves. The fact that you're still walking. The fact that you're still believing. The fact that you're still worshipping. The fact that you're still coming to church. He loves this just like he loved the faith of Abraham and the ancients. He credited them as righteousness. And that's what he's doing to you today for staying in there. For hanging in there even though you may not feel like it. He's crediting to your bank account righteousness because of your faith. And he's looking upon your situation and saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You're hanging in there. Even though you might not feel like it might feel completely the opposite. Keep on believing in his goodness. Keep on believing that there is destiny for you. He may tell you some things to do, and we'll get to that. That's my last point. That's the hard part where the rubber hits the road, where the Holy Spirit actually begins to speak to us about our lives, about how we're handling our lives. And what are we doing with what he's given us? And so in this way, we be begin to then evidence the fruit of the Spirit. I love the gifts of the Spirit. And I love seeing God move in, in power and, re and releasing his presence upon us, his people. And there's something even stronger when we have the gifts and the fruit running together powerfully. Because when we have the gifts and the fruit running together powerfully, we have that parallel anointing of not just the gifts and, and trying to operate in that, but we have the fruit, which is a multiplying effect. The fruit always wants to multiply. Ever notice that about creation? Fruit just always wants to drop seeds and, and procreate all the time. Drop seeds sometimes where you don't even want it. You know, you get all sorts of things growing up and, and creation wants to procreate all the time. It's the way God's created you and it's the way he's created me. He wants us to multiply. But to do that, we operate in the gifts and then we multiply with the fruits. And so in that sense, we actually have an outward looking perspective on the kingdom of God. To summarize this, I think one of the things, and this is a big journey for Karen and I, about living in the Spirit. One of the things, and I've shared this many times, that, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, if, if I'd pictured what living in the Spirit looks like, it was the more manifestations of God, the better, and the more revival meetings, the better. And for some of you, that, that would be right as well, because a lot of you came along to our revival meetings. You know, a lot of, lot of Adelaide did. And they are great things. And, and if God tells us to do that again, we'll go for it. But that's just the beginning. 
That's just the very, very beginning. The rest is then, what do we do with the outpouring? What do we do with the inpouring? What do we do when Holy Spirit comes close, releases His presence in our hearts, in our lives? What do we do with that when He does that? Because it doesn't end at the altar. It doesn't end on the floor. It doesn't end with laying on of hands. It is just the beginning. It's a calling out, if you like, an anointing for something greater that I believe he wants to release in our very being. And we have a spirit and a soul and a body. And one of the things that we're exploring more and more is when we truly live in the spirit. I know this is getting shaky ground for some. You can feel it coming. We're going to talk about health for a minute. To truly live in the Spirit, you need to look after all three. It is not just living in the Spirit to just look after our spirit and say, well, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to eat what I like and do what I like until then. I believe we're still going to heaven and the grace of God is good enough. But what about now? What about how we live now? What about evidencing the kingdom of God through our bodies, through our speech, through our living, through our families, through our relationships, through our businesses, through our careers, through the things we're going after? This is living in the Spirit. See, living in the Spirit goes a whole lot deeper, doesn't it? We can't just open our Bibles and, and, and do whatever we like. Oh, let's live in the Spirit and then go out there and, and, and be completely lazy and not evidence the kingdom of God. God is calling us to go higher. He's calling us to go higher as people. And, and uh, look, Karen and I, we're, we're addicted to juicing. And, and as Karen knows, I'm just, I just drink carrot juice all day. I love the stuff. And um, it's incredible when we truly tap into God's nature that he's given us out there in creation. It is phenomenal. We are discovering more and more of God's creative anointing through health and wellness than we ever thought possible ever thought possible. Uh, the room's gone quiet right now. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. Karen is planning a very exciting thing for early next year, and I'll let her explain that for the whole church, for the whole church. We're going to do a blitz, okay? So get your body ready for a 21-day blitz together. We're going to do that. But um, I'm telling you, people in the world have got this. People in the world have got this. There's so many people tapping into kingdom healing principles out there. Do you know what? New Age witches are tapping into this stuff more than Christians. I know that sounds weird, but if you go to Willunga markets, you'll see a whole lot of New Agers eating organic and drinking and juicing, and they're healthier than a whole lot of Christians. I know this sounds like a bandwagon, but it's God's creative power that he's given you. It's his creative nature that he's given to you and to me. And if we get this stuff into it, it is incredible, the vitality. I said to Karen the other day that I almost feel like I have endless energy. I know it's 11.16. It's like, come on, shut the thing down already. (laughs) But it's powerful stuff. I dare you to go to a whole new level in your health. I dare you to go to a whole new level in your health. What would it look like if in one year... You just took things to a whole new level, a whole new level. I'm not banging on about one particular style or brand or anything. We don't sell the stuff, okay? We don't sell supplements or anything like that. This is kingdom stuff. It's what Daniel tapped into. It's, it's a phenomenal gift when we, when we treat our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit. We actually live in the Spirit. 
And then we take that to our mind and our will and our emotions and this whole area of our mind. And when we do this, we actually can look and we even look at our emotions, we look at our reactions, we look at our addictions, we look at our lifestyle and our habits, and then we live in the Spirit in that area of our life. To truly live in the Spirit, it's not enough just to operate in the gifts. That is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. A lot of Pentecostal charismatic churches, we think if we clap and we raise our hands and we speak in tongues, that we're a Spirit-filled church. Do you know what? We can, we can do all that stuff and not even tap into the Spirit. Not even tap into the Spirit. The Spirit goes deep. The Spirit transforms. The Spirit brings things to life. The Spirit uncovers things that we don't want uncovered. The Spirit makes us take personal responsibility for our lives, our bodies, our minds, our spirit, our attitudes, our behaviors. The Spirit goes deep. Can you feel it this morning? The Spirit, He wants to go deep because He wants us transformed into His likeness. He wants us to be renewed in our mind so that we have the minds of Christ. I mean, what an amazing thought to have the mind of Christ. I wouldn't mind that just even for five minutes to see what that's like. Phenomenal thought to truly live in the Spirit is to go a whole nother level than you're currently living now. It's a whole nother level in our whole person. Don't settle for second best. It's like a motivational seminar today, isn't it? I'm in that mode because I'm pre prepping a mentoring program right now online. And so it's, you're, getting a, you're getting a one percenter of it today. But I'm telling you that people out there are hungry for it. They are hungry for it. They're hungry to change their lives. People by the thousands sign up to stuff and go after stuff and begin to transform their, their health and their wellness and uh, their being and who they are. Why is that? Because we as Christians, we, we accept Jesus and sometimes we stop there when that's the beginning. Let him transform every cell of your body. Let him transform your mind, your thinking, your being. Because your being is so much more than just attending church and reading the Bible. It's just the beginning. It's the beginning. I'm excited about so many just applying the kingdom of God to a whole new level. Whatever that looks like for you. I was talking to Rob Bayer. I'm always just amazed at Rob swimming 40 laps. I think Marie beats you though, 50 laps. I think she's, she's got it up on you. At 76 years, swimming 40 laps every single morning. It's phenomenal. I love that stuff. That's kingdom living. Stewarding the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's phenomenal. And then there's all the other areas. Start exploring the other areas that he wants to take you into spirit living. You might be amazed what he, where he takes you. You might be amazed what he says to you.